You're listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today. Juicy fruit. Who got your juicy fruit gum? Did Wave at me if you got your juicy fruit gum within the last couple of weeks. Yes? No? Some of you did not. Raise your hand if you did not get your juicy fruit gum. Oh, somebody you did not. Well, 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 I'm sorry you didn't get your, we have some still in the back. We want to make sure that you get some juicy fruit gum here. Leah, go ahead and give this to whoever needs it. Um, There you go. There's one, there's one pack. Make sure to get some juicy fruit gum because we're in a series called Juicy Fruit. Everybody say Juicy Fruit. God never meant for you to just survive and live some mediocre life. That is not how God designed you. He did not create you to just survive. He wants you to thrive. You have been created on purpose and for a purpose. And I'm going to do the thing that pastors do all the time. Turn to the person next to you and say, you were created on purpose. Come on, do that. (laughs) It gets you interacting with that person. Come on, declare it over them. Also gives me a chance to take a drink of water. In this new series of messages called Juicy Fruit, we're discovering that from the beginning of time, literally in Genesis chapter one, you were created, humanity was created to be fruitful. Take a look at the screens and now say these words with me. Ready? As soon as it comes up, be fruitful. That's what you were created to be. Now, of course, some of us would go, well, what does that mean to be fruitful? Is an orange going to pop out of my ear? Are apples going to start dangling from my nose? What does that mean to be fruitful? Well, that's what we've been talking about. And in the same way that Mr. Uh, William Wrigley created gum to remind you of juicy fruit, God created you to remind the world to be a person that reminds others of juicy fruit. And Jesus reaffirms this in the New Testament when he says these words, which are found in our theme verse. And as has become a tradition here at Refinery, I'm going to invite you to read this verse. We're going to put it on the screen. Pardon me. (coughs) Allergies. We're going to read this verse together. We're We're going to charge the atmosphere with God's word. So let's read the words of Jesus Christ The theme for our series from John chapter 15, verse 5. Ready? Begin. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, these are the words of Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, speaking about who we are and how we are to live. He's saying the same words that God says at the beginning of time, be fruitful, be fruitful. Say that with me, be fruitful. Last week we explored briefly, if you weren't here, the visual illustration that Jesus gives about this important principle. And here was the picture from last week, the grapevines. Jesus talks about these grapevines. Go ahead and bring that picture on up there. Oh, it's moving, technology's moving a little slow. You got the picture of the grapevines there, Ken? There they are. Aren't those beautiful looking wine grapes right there? Going to make some delicious wine, I'm sure. The picture we see in the Gospel of John chapter 15 is Jesus talking about this grapevine and these branches. And he says, he is the vine. We are the branches. It's very simple. Drawing our life and our nourishment and everything that we have, drawing it from him. 
And if we abide, which is a word that we don't use nowadays very often, if we abide in him, he says we're going to produce much fruit, not just a little fruit, not just dinky little scrawny little raisin type fruit, but real fruit. That's what he says we'll do. But apart from him, we can do no thing. Or what I, how I interpret that is whatever we do apart from him really isn't going to amount to anything. It's going to amount to nothing. And last week we talked about the two types of fruit. If you missed out, it was these kinds of fruits. It was the internal fruit and it was the external or the outward fruit. And if you missed out on that message, you can go check out our podcasts. Uh, we are on iTunes. Just go to uh, Refinery Church on iTunes. You can listen to all of our past messages. Also go to our website, wearerefinery.com, and you can click right there and listen live on there. And you can hear these past messages. We got, we got into declaring that we wanna be fruitful in our lives. That's what we did last week. And we ended a time with prayer where we prayed over our marriages, over our relationships, over our jobs, over our finances, over our decisions and over our health that we would be fruitful. And I wanna pause right now. If you missed out on that, I don't want you to miss out on a blessing. So if you'd like to see fruitfulness in your marriage, if you'd like to see fruitfulness in your relationships, in your job, in your finances, in your health, would you right now just join me in prayer? Come on, let's do this. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you have called us to be fruitful people. That Jesus Christ, you say in John, the Gospel of John chapter 10, verse 10, that you came to give us life and life abundantly. So I declare abundance. I declare fruitfulness in marriages right now. If that's you, just begin to receive that and say, thank you, God, for fruitfulness in my marriage. I declare fruitfulness in jobs in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ fruitfulness and abundance in health and finances in Jesus' name. Lord, where there is debt, Lord, I pray that you would, you would work miracles to see that debt shrink and shrivel up and dry up so that these men and women can be free to be generous, to be blessings to their community and their families in Jesus' name. Fruitfulness, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Isn't that good? You want to come to church, you want to receive a blessing, right? You want to be prayed for, right? You want to, you want to have an experience with God, right? Well, that's what we would desire here, that transformation would happen every single week at Refinery. Now, the question we left, that was last week. The question we left with this week was, what does it mean to abide? That word abide, A-B-I-D-E, abide. Now, that is not a word that we use typically in my day-to-day -day language. I don't walk to Leah and say, Leah, I, I love to abide with you. <laughs> Let us abide later, shall we? We don't know what abiding means. We don't, we don't, that's not a word that we're very familiar with. But let me tell you something. As a pastor here at Refinery, I do a lot of things. I counsel people. I, 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 I direct needs. I, I help direct people and resources to those who are in need. Those are some, oh, oh I'm gonna pause here because our special guest has arrived. Do you mind if I do that? Can I, can I introduce you to a friend of mine? a family member of mine, my first time guest, bring her up here, come on. I don't do this very often, but I'm gonna take a little pastor liberty, if that's okay. I want you guys to meet my, my precious little great, 
grandniece. This is little Charlie. Say hi, everybody. Say hello. Hello. It's like the Lion King. Oh, my goodness. Precious little gift to us. I just want to introduce you guys to Charlie. Thank you, Carissa. You did all the hard work, so here you go. <laughs> Give it up for the new, the new mama, the new daddy. Landon and Carissa and their new little baby girl, their firstborn baby girl, Charlie. She's the firstborn of that generation in our family, so thank you for letting me take a little pastoral liberty. I hope that was okay with you. Some of you guests are going, what is wrong with this place? Well, we love family, we love people, so we're going to always pause to love on people. All right, as a pastor, some of the things that I do, plan and develop and strategize on ways to reach our community, ways to minister to you, looking at the needs of our community, looking at the needs of our people, and saying, Lord, how would you use us to meet those needs? I oversee finances, I oversee the properties, I oversee the programs here at our new church. I disciple leaders so that they can in turn disciple others. These are the things that I do as a pastor. But listen, the most important thing I can do is to abide in Christ. Abide in Christ. Because according to Scripture, that's what's going to produce fruit that lasts. See, all the other stuff that I do will produce fruit. But I got to produce the fruit that lasts, and the fruit that lasts comes from abiding in Christ. So what does it mean to abide? There's a few different definitions of abiding, just to help us understand what this word is that Jesus chose to use. Abiding can mean to stand with. For example, if if I'm getting ready to go into battle, if I'm ready to go into a fight, like my, my brother Dennis here, who's with me. When we were teenagers, we were scrappers. And uh, I tend to have a big mouth, and he had big muscles. And so I would get things into trouble, and then I would be really glad that Dennis was there with me. Because Dennis was about twice my size and could basically lift me over his head and throw me about, you know, at least 10 yards. So it was good to have him abiding with me. You see? Because he would stand with me. I remember very particularly, very specifically, I should say, one time this one guy who will remain nameless, I was about 15 or 16 years old. I can't remember how old I was, but I was close to about 15 or six, about 16. And this guy calls me out and he, he doesn't like the way I look. And so he wants to, you know, he wants to kind of rumble. He wants to, you know, throw it down right there at school. And I said, no, 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 we'll do that tonight at the golf course. We're going to go to the golf course where it's dark. So the word got out and there were a bunch of people that all came around and, you know, we get out there and he starts doing all these martial art things. Dennis literally breaks out from the crowd, comes up and stands next to me. Now, again, Dennis is towering over me by at least three or four inches, has a good 50 pounds of muscle more than I do. And the guy said, oh, I ain't got a problem with you, Dennis. I ain't got no problem with you. It's it's him there, that guy pointing to me. Now, this is a best friend. Best friend says, you got a problem with him, you got a problem with me. And he steps up and steps right in front of me. That guy backed down, he pulled away. The whole crowd was like, ooh, wow. I had my own personal bodyguard. 
He was abiding with me. He was standing with me no matter what was going to go down. That's what it means to abide. Or to stick with. Stick with through the hard times and the good times. To stick with. That's what it means to abide. To remain. That's what it means to abide. And then there's another definition. We, we get this word abode and abide. They're, they're, they're right in the same, the same uh, language. Abode is like a dwelling place. Abide means to dwell in or to live. Abode and abide. So I love the definition of abide equaling home, a place where you live, a place where you reside. That's probably my favorite definition of what it means to abide. Because there's something different, and you guys can probably agree with me on this, there's something different. When you walk into a beautiful model home that has been nicely decorated, right? It's been professionally uh, measured so that the furniture fits just perfectly, and the colors of the walls, and the colors of the couch, and the colors of the pillows, and you open up the cabinet, and the colors of the cups, they all coordinate, right? Better Homes and Garden or HGTV has just ran amok in this model home, and you walk into it, you go, wow, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, but there's something, and I like it, I can appreciate it, but there's something I feel when I open the front door of my house and I get the smell of my home. And for some of you who have teenagers, you don't like that smell. <laughs> but I get the smell of maybe it's fresh baked chocolate chip cookies. And I look and I hear laughter from my kids laughing at their mom trying to do something. And I, and I see my couch with the indention of where I sit every evening because that's where my butt goes. It's not perfect like the model home, but it's comfortable. You see, there's a feeling I have when I come into my home because I abide there. It's where I live. It's where I go to get refreshed. It's where I go to, to relax. It's where I go to eat. It may not be gourmet food, but it's good food because it's food for my home. It's where I go to get clean, clean clothes, shower. It's where I abide. If I went into that model home and tried to take a shower, people think I'm weird. Hey, what are you doing? Well, I need to take a shower. This is a house, right? No, no, you don't live here. Go home. Ah, see, there's a difference where I abide versus the model home. See, the alternative is, is this. Um, the alternative to abiding is, hey, I'm just going to check this out for a little while and see if I like it versus committing to it and standing with it and sticking to it. See, the opposite of abiding is saying, oh, I'm just going to check it out. I may or may not like it. We'll see. I'm not committing. Not yet. Instead of making it your home, you're a visitor. Kind of like a hotel. The difference between a home and a, and a hotel. A hotel, you just go visit, right? You don't abide there. You visit it. Matter of fact, this last summer, uh, my family and I were kind of homeless for a little while. We, we moved out of one house so that we could move into a house here in Brea, and there was a one-month gap where we had to live and abide in a hotel. That was very difficult. Four adults living in one small hotel room. That was challenging, and it wasn't a home. It was a place we were visiting for one month, but now I abide. You see, there's a difference. And take a look at this screen. Matter of fact, pull out your smartphones, pull out your Apple phone, if you want, your iPhone, or pull out one of those exploding phones. And um, go ahead and take a picture of this screen right here, because this is a great consideration of what it means to abide. Go ahead and take a picture of that. Save that. This is an easy way to take notes. See, abiding is more about being than the doing. Abiding is more about an intimate 
relationship, and I'm not talking sexual, I'm talking intimacy, than a friendly acquaintance. Abiding is more about faithful dedication than just casual convenience. You see, abiding is about being. It's about an intimate relationship and it's about faithful dedication. That's what it means to abide. That's what it means to abide. So now think about what Jesus is saying. If you abide in me, then you will produce much fruit. You seeing it? If you abide in me, intimate relationship, faithful dedication, being more than doing. And I think I'm gonna give you a, a real quick example of that top one <coughs> that's found in the Bible, and some of you can relate to this. There's a story in the Bible of the differences between abiding and not abiding, and it's, it's embodied by these two sisters found in the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. And some of you know this story. Luke chapter 10 talks about these two sisters named Mary and Martha. Martha, I believe, was the older sister. <coughs> A-type personality, dutiful doer. And then Mary, the younger, emotional, artistic, kind of here and there and everywhere kind of sister. My girls are not in here right now, but when we think about Mary and Martha, we think about Rachel and Emma. And both my girls would usually admit, yeah, they're a lot like these Mary and Marthas. Mary and Martha are in John cha or Luke chapter 10, and these two sisters, what they did was this. <clears throat> they opened up their home. Jesus was traveling with his disciples, and Martha says, hey, come stay with us. And they open up their home and invite Jesus to come in. Martha is the A-type personality. She is busy getting things done. She's making the meal. She's making sure the linens are clean for the beds. She's making sure the towels are laid out. She's doing all the stuff that needs to be done to have a guest at the house, right? Anybody know somebody like this who's a doer, who's making all the preparations? Anybody, like, anybody know somebody like that? I know I'm seeing elbows right now. Yeah, that's you. That's her. I love doers because they're the people that get things done. Mary, on the other hand, she's being. She's being. And we see in Luke chapter 10 that she's just hanging out at the feet of Jesus. She simply sits at the feet of Jesus listening to his words. Listening to his words. She's being. Martha gets upset and she says this. She says, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? You hear this sisterly thing going on there? Any of you have sisters? Raise your hand if you have sisters. You know, okay, you, maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you're this sister. Maybe you're one of these sisters. <coughs> doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. She goes straight to Jesus. She didn't even talk to Mary. She goes, you tell her to come and help me, Jesus. She'll listen to you. But the Lord directs his attention to Martha and says, Martha, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. Pause there for a second. Mary has discovered it like a secret, like, like a piece of gold or, or a jewel. 
She's discovered the better thing. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. As if to say, Martha, uh-uh, I ain't telling her that. The New King James translation has Jesus say these words, Martha, Mary has chosen the better way. Mary has chosen the better way. Mary was abiding. Mary was abiding. Now, notice Jesus didn't correct Martha on the activity. Jesus corrects Martha on her worry and her focus and her fretting. Wasn't on the activity. Every translation of this story, whether it's the New Living Translation, the King James, the NIV, the ESV, whatever, all of these translations focus in that Jesus speaks about the worrying and the fretting and the concern that Martha had about the things that needed to be done. Because the reality is, there was nothing wrong with the activity. Stuff's gotta get done, right? If people are just sitting around, nothing's gonna get done. If we just sat around and said, why don't you guys come, no chairs would be set up. No flyers would have been printed out. No food would be prepared for you right now. Our guests would come and go, what is up with these people? Don't they even care about me? to even do a little thing. See, it's not the doing that's the problem. It was the worry and the concern and the fretting that caused Martha to lose focus on what mattered most. Abiding. See, there's nothing wrong with activity. We can be active, but we can be so consumed with getting the details done that we can actually miss the abiding presence of Jesus and miss his voice giving us wisdom and direction and instruction and life because we're so busy doing, doing. See, Jesus says that being and abiding is better. It's better. I can relate to this so much because guess what? Your pastor is a doer. I wake up in the morning. One of the hardest things about having Saturday night services, I love Saturday night services, but there is something hard about it. I wake up Saturday morning around 6 a.m. and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to come down to the church and come on, let's do this. It's 6 a.m. I've got 11 hours until people show up. That is so hard for me. So I always, I'm always trying to find things to do. Well, what can I do? What can I do? What can I fix? What can I fix? Okay, I'm going to fix this over here. Okay, that needs to be fixed. I'm always doing, I got to be doing, I got to be doing. And one of the things the Lord has taught me this last year is, you've got time on Saturdays, spend time with me. Be. I'll wake you up at four o'clock in the morning just so I can be with you. And I'd say, Lord, can we wait till eight? I'll be with you then, Lord. <laughs> I can relate to this. I can. Maybe you can too. Last week we saw that Jesus wants us to bear much fruit. He wants us to be fruitful. And he wants fruit that lasts. Not fruit that shrivels up and comes up and goes away quickly. Here's what Jesus said. If maybe you remember from last week, John chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus said these words. He says, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should last. 
You see, doing will produce fruit in your life. I see successful people because they're doers. But significant people are the ones who've learned to abide in Christ and their fruit lasts. You see, doing will produce fruit, but if you want fruit that lasts, you gotta abide in Christ. You gotta abide in him. Jesus makes it clear, if I'm not connected with him, I won't produce fruit that lasts. I'll be spinning my wheels here on earth and I don't wanna do that. We didn't start this church to just have a nice place where we get a few things done. We want to see lasting fruit in men and women's lives, in families' lives, in couples' lives, in individuals' lives. We desire fruit that lasts, and that comes from abiding in Christ. Remember the rest of the vine illustration that Jesus gave? We read it last week, John 15, 4. Take a look as a reminder. Jesus said this, he said, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is separate from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you abide in me. Church, these are the words of Jesus. And I'm gonna do something that's gonna hurt you right now. It's gonna hurt me. We've been caring for this uh, avocado tree for the last couple of months. And um, we're expecting it to produce good fruit. Man, we're, we're pouring water on it every day. We're giving it it, it, it leaves here and goes outside and gets sunshine and air, and it's doing well. The leaves are thriving. I'm seeing some growth over here. This is doing well. And we're believing that this is an example of our church, but... Uh, I know that hurt, didn't it? We've been taking care of her, and I was really nervous about cutting this off. Brandy's over here going, hey. This branch has a little bloom on it. I know, right? Mean, isn't it? This thing was, this was gonna produce fruit. It was going to make a delicious avocado that could have made some stinking good guacamole. But now is this branch going to produce fruit? We could try to will it to produce fruit, right? Let's all think fruit. I don't care how hard we work, how hard we think, it will not produce fruit apart from the tree. Now, we could maybe tape some avocados on there and we could fool everybody and go, check out that branch, it's making fruit. And people would look at that and go, yeah, but not really. That fruit came from somewhere else. No, no. We could will it, but this, it's no good anymore. It's not. Apart from the tree, it will never produce fruit. Now, the beautiful thing is that could, if we hurry, could be grafted in to a tree. And it could, if it's cared for, if it's protected, could produce fruit. 
You see, because that's one of the beautiful things about an av- this Hass avocado tree is it is actually grafted into another kind of avocado plant. And it will produce fruit because it's grafted in. But the reality is it's grafted into the rootstock. Just as the branches are grafted into the vine, the vine is the thing that produces the nourishment and the nutrition and the branches benefit from it and produce the fruit. You see, we do this all the time. And this is what's crazy about this. We do this all the time. We work, we fret, we labor, we strategize, we go to seminars, we read books, trying to figure out how to be fruitful, how to be fruitful in our lives, how to be successful in our lives, how to be successful in our marriage, how to do this, that, and the other. And, and Jesus is just saying, yeah, but if you, were, if you were grafted into me, if you were abiding in me, then you would experience that fruit that you're so desperate for. Jesus says, I've got the real formula so that you can have fruit that will last much fruit. Not just a little bit, but much abundant fruit. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me, then you will produce much fruit. Mm. That's a guarantee. That's a promise. And I tell you what you can do. Jesus I abide in you. My life is grafted into you. And you said, I will produce much fruit. And you can say this, I expect it. That's not arrogant. That's not cocky. That's standing on a promise that Jesus gave. That's saying, Jesus, you said it. I believe it. See, that's grabbing a hold of a promise saying, I'm going to abide in Jesus and I expect fruit in my life. Much fruit. Nothing wrong with holding on to that. Matter of fact, God wants you to do that. There's a guarantee. Now let's go back. What does abide mean? To stand with, to stick with, to remain, even when it gets hard, even when it gets tough, even when you get opposition that says, hey, 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 I'm coming against you. No, 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 I'm abiding with Christ and Jesus is abiding with me. And you got a problem with me? You got a problem with him. And he abides with you. He stands with you. He sticks with you. He just says, stick with me and you'll produce much fruit. Is Jesus your home or is he your hotel that you visit occasionally? Is his word your nourishment? Is his presence your comfort and joy? If you can say yes, then you're abiding. You're abiding and you can expect much fruit. But if you can't say yes, then let me give you a few practical ways for the next few minutes that you can become an abider. I don't think that's a real word, but we'll call it that tonight. 
Because there's some very practical people in here. There's some practical people like me that say, hey, I, I want to know. Give me the steps on how to do it. Matter of fact, my friend Brandy right here, she is a very practical person. She wants to know A, B, and C and how to get to D, all right? When she goes on vacation, she plans it out six months. She knows every single little thing they're going to be doing down to the minute because she's very practical. Am I right, Brandy? Or am I right? Yeah. That's right. Aren't you going on a vacation here pretty soon? Have you already booked it? You've already scheduled everything? Yeah, see, she's a very practical person. So for all the practical people in the house, get ready because I'm going to show you how to abide. Take a look on the screen right here. How do you abide? How do we abide in Christ? Matter of fact, you may want to pull out your phone if you don't want to take notes and just take a quick little picture of that. Starts off this way. And I know this sounds elementary, but it's so important because I don't believe many of us are doing it. Starts out with prayer. Starts out with prayer. And prayer is simply this, kind of daily casting those cares on Jesus. Why? Because he cares for you. And if you want to experience the fruit of peace, Jesus says, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. Don't be worried or anxious about anything, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving in your heart, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind. You want the fruit of peace, then you gotta begin to pray. And pray is simply this. Guys, listen, it's not some religious, ritualistic, rote thing that you say. It's having a conversation with somebody who likes you. Somebody here just needed to hear that. You needed to hear that God likes you. I wasn't intending to say that. It's not in my notes. You probably know God loves you, but did you know God likes you? He likes you. <laughs> he wants to talk with you. Now, you may not experience that with people. People might not like you. People might not want to talk to you. You walk into a room and people scatter. <laughs> But you know what? God wants to abide with you and he likes you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to hear your dreams. He wants to hear your pains. He wants to hear your sorrows. He wants to hear your joys. Prayer causes us to abide. Secondly is devotion. Devotion, and it's more than just opening up the Bible, reading a chapter, writing a verse down. It's about daily recommitting and devoting my time to God. That's what I consider devotion. My devotion is daily committing my time, recommitting my time to God. It's like, it's, like a, it's like a tithe. God, I'm giving you this portion of my day. And I try to give it to him in the morning because at night I'm tired. And I say, okay, Lord, I'm going to give you 10 minutes. So I try to give him the best part of my day through devotion. Thirdly, is Fasting. Now, fasting can be food, but fasting can also be media. Fasting can be saying, you know, I'm going to shut down Instagram and Facebook all day today and not even look at it. <gasps> well, maybe just a little bit, you know. Okay, now I'll do it. Fasting can be this. See, fasting is simply regularly abstaining to reprioritize and remind yourself, this doesn't control me. I control it. Same thing with like food. Fast a meal. Fast a couple of meals. To say to my body, no, 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 that food doesn't control me. I control it. Maybe you need to fast shopping. Maybe you need to fast from your spouse. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm fasting from her. I just want to let her know. She don't control me. I control her. 
fasting from her. Show her. No, 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 no. Fourthly is fellowship. Why do we gather here on Saturday nights? Because Pastor Kelly is so good looking. He speaks so good. No, that's not why we gather. We gather together to hear from God, to be in his presence, to experience a time of music and worship and expressions, to build each other up, to encourage one another, to gather together in community, to cry with one another. Fellowship, weekly gathering with other Christ followers for community. That's what church is. It's not a building. It's this gathering of people who are doing the will of God. And then lastly is serving. Oh, man, you want to abide in Christ? Begin to think of others more than yourself. You want to get close to Jesus? Start serving. Start serving and you'll start getting closer and closer to Jesus. Jesus began to give a parable and he talks about uh, the, the least of these that we would see on earth. Those who are the broken, the downtrodden, those who are hurting. And Jesus says these words. He says, when you do this, when you loving, when you visit those who are in prison, when you care for those who are in need, you are doing that unto me. When you've done this for the least of these, you've done this for me. You want to abide with Christ? Begin to do something selfless for someone else. That's what serving is. Doing something selfless for someone else. Not because you're going to get a pat on the back. Wow, look at how good I am. No, coming to serve selflessly. I love the men and the women who show up here at 3.30 on Saturdays and begin to set up our cafe. They do that selflessly. They're not getting any kind of kudos. They're not the first ones in line when dinner comes. That might be a good idea, though. But that, that's not why they do it. They're coming here selflessly to say, hey, I want to serve. And that draws them into Christ so that they can abide so that they can abide. Listen, we can put, these, these are ways that you can do this for you practical people who are taking pictures going, I want to start to do this. But listen, this is not intended to be a religious ritual that makes you more holy. It's about a lifestyle. It's about a reprioritization and a realignment to making Jesus my home, not my hotel the place where I abide, not the place I just go visit on occasion. The key is reordering and reprioritizing our lives around abiding in Christ. Not a to-do list saying, well, I went to church on Saturday this month, man, I'm close to God. Yes, man, I went to the, the special event at Refinery. It was good. Check out, man, I, I, I even went to the men's breakfast. Look how good I am. I'm close to Jesus now. It's not about a to-do list. It's about reordering your life. Let me tell you how I do it, and I'll close with this. This is my way, and this isn't say, oh, Pastor Kelly, you're so holy. This is how I do it. I take an annual time, one, one time of year, where I realign. Now, this is how I live my life. I realign myself to focus on Christ. And that time is the Advent. For many years, I would just celebrate Christmas, and I would get the gifts, and I would give the gifts, and celebrate baby Jesus. But I discovered Advent, and I learned what Advent was about, a preparation, realigning myself to the message of Jesus Christ. And so every year I embrace Advent to say I'm realigning my vision towards what Christmas is all about. That's a once a year realignment. Another once a year realignment that I do is I go away on a prayer and fasting retreat for three days. 
Now, this isn't where I go to a day spa and I get a massage and I go have a nice meal and I get alone time. No. I go and I fast from food. I take a big gallon jug of water. I take a thing of bread and a small thing of grape juice. And the bread and the grape juice are for when I break my fast, which is where we get the term break fast, but where I break my fast. And me and the bottle of water and my Bible and Jesus go spend three days together. And typically what I like to do is if it's wintertime, I go to the beach. And if it's summertime, I go to the mountains. Because if I go to the mountains in the winter, I want to snowboard. If I go to the beach in the summer, I want to surf. So I've chosen to go the other way. Because I like to walk, I like to meditate, and I like to spend time with the Lord. So that's something else I do to realign myself with the Lord. Three days a year. Three days a year. Weekly, I gather here on Saturday nights to realign myself to abide in Christ by gathering together with his body, the body of Christ. Another thing I do is when there's natural transitions in my day, I think most of us have transitions in your, in your day. Uh, maybe you're going from a meeting, you get in your car and you head off to, to go to something else. I take that time in those transitions to, to realign myself and to remind myself and to orient my, my heart to King Jesus. And I look for a way to thank him. Hey, thank you, God, that I have a car, that there's gas in my car. I look for ways during the transitions to realign my heart to Jesus, the transitions of my day, every single day. When I'm going to make a decision, Typically what I do with decisions, which, okay, I'm going to choose colleges or I'm going to choose a, a spouse or something like that. I look at the pros and cons. Well, she's good looking, but she's dumb. I, you know, he's really big and strong and makes lots of money, but I can't stand being with him. You know, you weigh the pros and cons. That's what you do with a decision. But maybe if you want to abide in Christ, you go, here are the pros and cons, but Jesus, what would you have me do? I'm going to put the pros and cons list aside and say, Jesus, I need wisdom. And the Bible says in James chapter 1, if we lack wisdom, we should ask, and God will give it to you. Right? So ask for wisdom. And then finally, and this goes back to when I was a, a young adult leading as a youth pastor, I used to say this, and it became a very popular phrase. I didn't coin this phrase, but what would Jesus do, right? WWJD, remember when that was popular when you were younger? Well, that's still relevant to today. You go into a situation, you ask yourself, well, how, how would Jesus respond here? How would Jesus respond? I want to respond that way too. See, this is the way I abide in Christ. This is the way I abide in Christ. Christina, or actually, uh, Franny, come on up. Would you join me up here? Are you abiding in Christ? Is Jesus your home or is, is he your hotel where you're just visiting on occasion? If he's your hotel, then you're probably going to produce some fruit, but your fruit won't last. Sorry, I didn't say it. Jesus said it. You might look like you got fruit coming, but it won't be long before you're going to start to wilt. And you'll be wondering, man, why is my life just not doing what I thought it could do? And Jesus says, just abide in me. Make me your home. 
and you'll produce much fruit. Juicy fruit. Now I got to say this as we wrap up. Many of us are abiding in other things that we're trying to draw from. We abide in front of screens, small screens, big screens, medium screens. The amount of time we spend on our screens. You know, Apple came out with a new uh, feature that shows screen time. Man, every time I get that report, I'm like, wow, really? I spent that much time in front of my screen. Imagine if I spent that much time with Jesus. How much fruit would I experience? It's a reminder to me. I'm so glad for that feature that Apple put in there. I think God did that. There's probably some technician somewhere, the Holy Spirit says, here's a good idea. Show people how much time they're spending on their screen. Because somebody somewhere by the name of Kelly Fellows is going to look at that and go, man, I need to spend more time with Jesus. Many of us are abiding in academics thinking that's going to be the answer and it's going to produce fruit. But lasting fruit comes from abiding in Christ. Now that isn't licensed for some of you teenagers and young adults to say, see, Pastor Kelly said I don't need to go to school. No, 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 no. It's not what he's saying. And there's what my wife just said. That's no, not what he's saying. Some of us abide with news and politics all the time. Some of us abide with entertainment all the time. Some of us abide with recreation all the time. Some of us abide, abide with sports and fitness and believe that that's going to produce the fruit and it will produce some fruit. But Jesus said, you want to produce much fruit and fruit that lasts? Abide in me. Not my words, his words. Because apart from him, you will do no thing. That's what Jesus said. And so tonight, I want to encourage you. Maybe you need to do a realignment this evening. I don't care if you've been walking with Jesus for 50, 60 years. We all can get out of alignment. Tonight, tonight can be your realignment night. Would you join me in prayer? Father, God, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus, that you spoke and 2,000 years later, we can receive that word as if it was fresh bread that was delivered today, straight to our soul, reminding us that in you is life and life abundantly, and I desire my life to be a fruitful life, God. If that's your prayer, join with me right now. Say, God, I want my life to be fruitful. Come on, this isn't me by myself praying. This isn't you listening. This is us together. Come on, join me. Father God, in Jesus' name, I want my life to be fruitful. I want my marriage to be fruitful. I want my job to be fruitful. I want my mind to be fruitful. And so I choose to realign myself tonight and graft into you, Jesus, making a recommitment to you tonight. If that's your, you'd hear tonight, say, I want, I'm recommitting to abiding in Christ. Would you raise your hand and join me? I'm putting my, both my hands up. I am recommitting to abiding in Christ tonight in Jesus' name. All over this room. Yes, Lord. Look at our hands, Lord. We're recommitting tonight to abiding in you in Jesus' name. Lord, we honor you. You can put your hands down. We honor you tonight, oh Lord God. We thank you for this timely word. 
In Jesus' Jesus' name. And with your heads bowed, would you just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, nobody looking around, just for a moment here. Maybe you came here tonight and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never even said, Jesus, I want to make you my Lord. I want to follow you. But something was stirring in your heart tonight and you said, that's what I've been looking for. It's simply a prayer way. Simply pray this prayer with me and say, God in heaven, I ask you to come into my life, Jesus, to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Help me to be a fruitful follower of you, Jesus Christ. Teach me how I should walk. I commit my life to you tonight. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we tell the Lord how much we appreciate him? Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram at wearerefinery. God bless.